things that bump in the night. Things that creep us out. Voices from another realm. The figures that move out of the corner of your eye. That odd light in the sky. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of It Came From Amity. I hope you guys have had a good week. Um, I've been out of the studio for the last two weeks, uh, celebrated Valentine's Day weekend with my wife, and just there was one week where there was just no way I could get in. There was just a lot of stuff going on with uh, family stuff. I had to take my mother-in-law to the uh, doctor's appointment and had to do some other things and just couldn't make it in. But Noah and... Kyle Adcock, our resident paranormal expert, he filled in for me and they recorded a couple of episodes and um, I can't wait to hear him myself. I haven't got the time to do that yet. But before we get down to our episode, I would like to take care of some business first and remind you guys that if you haven't done it so f- yet, so far, go to a- really any of your podcast channels of choice. Uh, except for like iHeartRadio and I think there might be a couple of others. Go there, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is that the button tells you to do. Do it, click it, and you will get the updates immediately when we release the new episodes. Also, the plan is, is I got a person I've been talking to here the last couple months. We're going to be trying to release a couple tumblers and... What we're going to try to do is do a contest with those tumblers that will have our logo on it, and they retail anywhere between $25 and $50 from this person that custom makes them. And If you're going to buy a tumbler, you might as well buy one and support us anyway, right? Yeah. And, if you're going to buy one, then... And, and she's going to do some stuff I'm hoping for, so I've been trying to talk to her about stuff, but she's been backlogged, so it's been kind of slow going. But the first two tumblers that we get... Uh, we're going to release as a contest winning. So once I get those worked out as far as the details, I will get that out to you. Um, and we're, we're still growing. Things are still happening. Our listenership is still growing slowly but surely. Um, part of that is my fault. I've been really dropping in my activity on Facebook as far as managing our Facebook page, but that's going to pick up this week and next week. Things are, I'm, I'm starting to manage my time a little bit better. So my management is, as uh, on the page will start to increase and you guys will get more information sooner, faster, more frequently as we go, which should help our algorithm pick up as well. Um, cause I've noticed that Noah will release an episode, and I won't even know it's released. Yeah. And I'm an admin on the page. I, gotta, I need to make sure to start telling you about it. So, like, I won't even see it on my feed from the page, and yeah. that's sad when I'm even an administrator on the page. So right. that tells you how strict these algorithms work. So I need to pick up my activity on it. That That's basically what it boils down to. So with that said, guys, really start, you know, liking, subscribing, uh, one thing I've noticed is that I think a lot of people go, oh, I listened to the podcast. Well, how do you guys, well, how do you do it? Oh, well, I clicked the link from the Facebook. 
that's cool. I'm glad you guys are listening. But it's hard to, we say this almost every week, it's hard to gauge the activity if that's how you're doing it, if you're clicking the link from the Facebook page. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are listening. I'm glad you guys are still uh, following us. But if you guys will go to your podcast channel of choice and follow us there, that helps us gauge activity. So what are we talking about today, Casey? Today we're going to talk about, we're going to do a list since people love lists. David Lemon's been proving that for last couple decades but one thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about conspiracy theories government conspiracy theories and not just u.s government but global as well and we're kind of going to kind of talk about the details of those just minute details not like going into it in depth and what we're hoping is is we've talked about this before that we that we talk about kind of all things esoteric and that includes conspiracy theories and we've noticed we've talked off air about this before, about how we want to pick that up yeah. on the conspiracy topics. We've not done this. Actually, I think this is the first time we've talked conspiracy, other than maybe UFOs. Yeah, we haven't really done any. So, so we're hoping to use this as a launching pad and um, into conspiracies because I'm starting to get into them a lot more. I like recently. conspiracies; they're very interesting. Now, you're kind of our conspiracy guru, yeah. not fanatic, and. They're very closely related to true crime. They really are. Yeah. And the more that I've gotten into true crime and, you know, I've listened to other podcasts that have been doing a lot of conspiracy here a lot. And I'm like, the more I've listened to them and the more I've researched and the more I'm getting into it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm into a lot more than I used to be. If you happen to hear a clicking in the background, it's my puppy who has been chewing on his bone. So sorry, I don't want to take it from him because he's going to throw a fit if I do. So yeah puppies are literally like four-legged toddlers they're little toddlers but yeah anyway so he's happy and content right now so let's leave it like that oh yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean and who doesn't like a happy puppy right so the first one some of you may have an idea about it was briefly talked about when justice scalia was uh well some say he was killed some say it was natural causes yeah but when he had his heart attack in his texas hunting trip here a few years back people were talking a lot of conspiracy theorists are talking about a heart attack gun that the cia had developed and that it was a barack obama plot to kill one of the few remaining conservative supreme court justices on the supreme court never proven and it would never be proven so guys barack obama is cool but he's not that cool. He can't, <laughs> he can't invent a heart attack gun. But the thing about it is, is that the heart attack gun is real. Yeah. And developed by the CIA in the 60s and 70s. And the weapon shot a small poison dart that could penetrate clothing and left nothing behind but a tiny red dot on the skin. The dart disintegrated on impact, and the target would only feel a small prick similar to a bug bite. And since the point denatured quickly, it could not be detected in an autopsy. And then they would have a heart attack almost instantly? I mean, it would be like that sudden onset of a heart attack, and they would feel, of course, you know, I mean, depending on the severity, you know, each individual reacts differently. So, I mean, in some cases, heart attacks can kill someone in minutes, in some cases, a couple of hours. Yeah. So, depending on how the person reacted to the drug. Sometimes they live. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. And... And the thing about it is, is like people go, oh, well, you know, these you know, conspiracy theories, you know, they're just that or theories. The thing about it is sometimes when it comes to theories, some of them are true. Yeah. And in this they case. They all come from somewhere, right? That's right. And in this case, I want to be completely candid about this. These theories have all been proven to be 100% 
and totally true. Yeah. So, this one here is not at all, I guess you could say, a surprise when we talk about this. But number two on the list is that the CIA spied on and controlled the American media. Now, most oh, people yeah. theorized this for a long time, but what got discovered, and we all know now, is that this is completely true. Completely. This is common knowledge these days. Yeah. So the CIA project and Operation Mockingbird spat on members of the Washington Press Corps in 1963, 1972, and 1973. And they also paid journalists to publish CIA propaganda, wiretap their phones, and monitor their offices to keep tabs on their activities and visitors. So this isn't a big surprise. Now, no. now you may not have heard of the name Operation Mockingbird. I didn't until I did this research. But we've all known for a long time and suspected that the government's been involved in media and propaganda. This is not new. Heavily involved, yeah. Yeah, this isn't new at all. It's it's blatantly obvious nowadays. Well, yeah. They don't even try to deny it. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's just like when, okay, the 2016 presidential elections, when everybody was talking about Barack Obama was spying on Donald Trump, and Donald Trump was like, hey, they spied on me. Then turn around and find out when there was an investigation launched by the DOJ when he became president, and they actually found the evidence in documents. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, guess what? Here it is, right here, black and white. Of course, nothing happened because, you know, you're not going to, you know, it's hard, you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to, to bring up charges on an ex-president. Yeah. I mean. What, I mean, what did he even have to gain from spying on him? He's done. You know? Well, he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for the Democratic Party. Oh. But he could order it because he was president of the United States. Right. So being a Democrat and being in control of pretty much every facet of, you know. Yeah. So he was doing it for his party. He wasn't doing it for him. He was hoping he could get Hillary Clinton to win. Get an advantage. Which it it didn't, but. But, yeah, so that I was, I mean, that's proven to be true. This is all, like I said, these are all proven. These aren't made up. These aren't just little things that we found and we thought we would talk about. Like, these are all proven conspiracies. So, what would I tell you if there was a massive plan from the government to poison alcohol in order to kill Americans? That way to use this propaganda that alcohol was, in fact, the devil out to kill good, hardworking Americans. Considering that the government used to, you know, prohibit alcohol back in the day, you know, they have influence over it. Right. So I wouldn't think it's too far-fetched to believe that they could do that. Well, not only could they, they did. Yeah, they did. So when the government banned alcohol in 1920, bootleggers would steal industrial alcohol, which we all knew, and used in paints, fuels, solvents, and medical supplies, and redistill it for sale. Some of this alcohol contained heavy metals and led to illness or blindness. In an attempt to stop people from drinking alcohol, the government changed the formula of industrial alcohol to make it completely undrinkable. At least 10% of industrial alcohol formulas had to contain methyl alcohol, a poisonous substance, in addition to other noxious ingredients such as kerosene, gasoline, chloroform, formaldehyde, and acetone. The plan backfired. People still drank the poisonous alcohol, and more than 10,000 people died. Whoa. So I actually found out about that here a couple years ago. It was an article that I found that was posted on Facebook. And when I originally read it, initially I thought it was complete and total hokum, okay? You know, yeah. just, all right, really, the government planned on... So you're talking po- about, like, the rubbing alcohol that you, they put on wounds and stuff? Well, yeah, like, they would... They, like, you used to be able <clears throat> to drink that until they changed it intentionally to make you sick, sick. from it. Yep. Okay. So that was the plan, was to make you sick and... 
you know, like, look, you know, this stuff's making you sick. You should probably drop drinking it. But the problem with it is, is like, you know, you know, we've all heard for years about alcoholics, you know, drinking. Yeah, like you're going to drink any mouthwash. and mouthwash yeah. and stuff like that. So this isn't a new thing. Yeah. And these, alco- you know, these people who are hard pressed under prohibition to get their, you know, drunk on. That just seems so cold hearted and not understanding addiction. You know, and just so inhumane to do to people. Right. If they want to drink, they're going to drink. And it why kill-, kill them if they choose to drink? That is so messed up. And I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the overall plan wasn't to kill them. It was just to make them sick and make it undrinkable. Even then, but though, you it's had like to you know. have no business doing that. You well, know? it just goes back to the what was it? What they call the radium girls back when they were painting mm-hmm. all those like glow watches with yeah. the radium. They the the company knew that the radium was poisonous and they didn't tell the workers. And like, what was it? More than 120 women died mm-hmm. due to cancer because of the radium. So I mean, they knew. Yeah. And they didn't care because they were making money hand over fist from government contracts. Right. So, you know, go figure. So. Greed. That was number three on the list. Number four. A U.S. Air Force laboratory researched the possibility of using pheromones as a weapon. Now, this isn't. I've heard this one. Yep. I think a lot of people have heard this one if you're into conspiracies Turn at all. the Taliban gay, right? This was. No, this was a. Well. Oh. It is the gay bomb. I remember hearing of the gay bomb. But it's not for the Taliban. This was developed in 1994 by the U.S. Air Force. Okay. And it was an non-lethal chemical, and it was called the gay bomb. And they speculated on the effects of troops doused in female pheromones. The objective was to make the soldiers sexually irresistible to one another and negatively impact their effectiveness of combat. Obviously, it failed. Yeah, but it sounds like a Family Guy cartoon. It really (laughs) does. Could you imagine? Like, could you imagine like dropping this gay bomb right on a mass of troops? And to make them irresistible. All of a sudden, it's just like massive gay orgy oh on the battlefield. Gosh. Could you imagine, though, you're watching that from the other side, and all of a sudden, you're like looking through your binoculars or something, and you're like, uh, what's going on, Sergeant? Um, yeah. Fire from the other side just miraculously stopped. Well, what happened? <sighs> well, here, you, I can't describe it. Take my binos and look. And they're like looking at this massive just... What's even funnier, though, is the government just assuming that Gay people just immediately want to have orgies and have sex <laughs> all the time. It's like well, yeah. it's not like that because they were like their the speculation was that is that the that the that the pheromones would be so strong to yeah. make it one hundred percent completely irresistible yeah. to one another. And I'm like, I don't think that's that's not how sexuality works. Uh, that's not, I mean, even if like, and we all know that pheromones is as a crucial component yeah. to sexual attraction, even in humans, right. Like we know this, you still have your mental state though, and your, right. your inhibitions. It's and what's stuff. keeping us from like just walking up to the most attractive random stranger yeah. at Walmart and just stripping themselves naked. Now, some people don't have those inhibitions, and most they're called rapists. Yeah, <laughs> most people do, and they're usually locked up most of the time. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, could, but could you imagine? I mean, I, I would be. I know it would be a hilarious cartoon. Though, yeah, it would. It sounds like a Family Guy cartoon. It really does. It, I'm surprised that Seth MacFarlane's not done. I can see yet. the bomb backfiring, and it just hits like you know. <laughs> the wind changes. And the wind changes. The yeah. <laughs> and you got General Patton over there just going down on people. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, and who's gonna say no to Patton? Right. I mean, he's where I'm gonna shoot you. That just seems like his measure. So, the U.S. government stole dead bodies for radioactive testing. That's number five on the list. I can see that. 
After dropping nuclear bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the U.S. government stole parts of dead bodies to measure the effects of nuclear fallout on the human body. Researchers needed young tissue, but the agents who were recruited to find recently deceased babies and children took samples, including full limbs, without the consent of the grieving families. More than 1,500 families were affected. So, 1,500 families were affected, and, I mean, could you, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, like, I mean, you'd want, if you're a family member, I guess, uh, like you're a survivor, like you'd want to bury or whatever the Japanese do with their dead. I mean, I know yeah. they bury them, but... Create, uh, whatever. But, I mean, I guess, like... I guess from the government standpoint, you know, they they don't... You know, they're completely disconnected because, I mean, you just fought this four-year-long yeah. war with the Japanese. You just dropped bombs on them two very devastating bombs and you're just like you know what they're they're defeated people we're just going to go do you just see it as i don't know like spoils of war i mean i'm not even (laughs) i mean how like okay let's say you're walking around nagasaki and you're collecting samples right and you see a severed arm how would you know who it belonged to to you it's a necessary science right yeah and 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 how you did you identify an arm to a person, yeah, you know, post atomic bomb. Unless it had like a tattoo or oh, even post atomic bomb, it was probably just unrecognizable. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because that's what they're wanting to do. They're wanting to like it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you. I mean, now okay, fine. You know, fifteen hundred families have missing relatives due to yeah, you know, you know, this atomic bomb. But to me, it's like once you're dead, you're dead. You know, I don't care what happens to my body once I'm dead. I just, I just don't know. Like, I mean, and not to say I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not wanting to say that I'm a, that I'm asympathetic to it. But how do you identify a leg? Yeah. You know, back yeah. then, because I mean, it's it's 1945. You know, it's not they like you didn't have DNA testing or anything. Yeah, and they don't they, have a database to bank. You know, even they if wouldn't you did, go through a DNA test. It's expensive to do that. Yeah. you know. And how would you go to that kind of link anyway in 1945? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's just like, like I understand the grief there, but it's like you know you're you know you're an agent working for the government and you're collecting samples and you're like, oh, here's an arm. Yeah. I'm gonna put this in this bag or this box. It's and, just like. Um, you know, bring your dad out. <laughs> They're just slinging bodies everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't you know, matter to them. You're not going to be able to tie, or you know, you know. I mean, it'd be like when you pick up an arm, you're going to look like, um, you know, the clown from It, where he's waving the yeah. arm. Like, who's this belong to? Right. You're not. You know, and even if, I mean, how do you? I understand, but I also understand it from both sides. War is a brutal, terrible thing, and that's kind of part of it. So, number six, President Woodrow Wilson's wife ran the country after he suffered a stroke. So, after President Woodrow Wilson suffered a debilitating stroke, Edith Wilson made most of the executive decisions in his stead. She effectively ran the country for well over a year, but the government kept it quiet for fear that it would cause a stir. So, not a huge conspiracy theory. I, I wouldn't call it conspiracy theory, but I would say that, I mean, this is, you know, very early... I'd see that Woodrow Wilson. That would have been post or sorry, pre-depression. Yeah, the thought of a female president was not existent back then. Right. You know, and and I think that that was part of it. But I mean, you have this, and it was this was prior to, um, like 
Eleanor Roosevelt. You know, everybody knew well, Eleanor Roosevelt was this very strong first lady. She held mm-hmm. a you know, very important role. She actually set the precedent for first ladies for, being, for how first ladies acted from yeah, then on. Actually doing stuff. But it turns out that apparently Edith Wilson should have been probably the first one because she was one making a lot of decisions after Woodrow Wilson had his stroke. And apparently, I mean, obviously didn't do that bad of a job. Yeah. But, you know, you, it would, I, yeah, I mean, back in that day, it would have been, I think they would have considered Wasn't it. Woodrow Wilson, though, kind of a, a cuck, <laughs> like kind of a pushover, <sighs> you know, for lack of a better term? I don't, I don't, I think he was kind of one of those, like, let's see if I remember right. Woodrow Wilson, if I remember my history, he led the country through World War One. I. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say he was a pushover, but he was more like one of the silent types. Yeah. Kind of like Calvin Coolidge was. Okay. Yeah. Like, cool and collected. Yep. That was like, like, and I know we're kind of straying here, but like Calvin Coolidge, like he was a man of few words, and people would 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 ride him for not being more involved. And Calvin Coolidge, like his thing was, is some of the best things you could do is do nothing. Like, you know, if he, if he felt something wasn't broke, he didn't interfere. He didn't get involved. He just stood back, yeah. you know, and that was way. And he actually led one of the bigger economic growths of the 20, early 20th century because he was just kind of like, I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to let things kind of manifest, see what yeah. happens. And everybody's like, oh, well, you need to be doing this, and you need to be doing that. And he's like, no. No, I don't. And because like, he felt, and and be honest, in some cases, and I think a lot of presidents, I'm not just talking about Donald Trump or Barack Obama. I'm talking a lot of modern presidents. They want to be involved in every facet. Yeah. They and want really, face so, everywhere. Some of, the big, big, like, some of the best things you can do is nothing. And I think if more people, and, and Woodrow Wilson had a similar effect. But, I mean, he, like I said, he led the country through World War One. Yeah. So he actually didn't marry Edith until two years into his, his term. Right. So it's, it's kind of fascinating, like to see some of the earlier 20th century presidents, how they, your administrations yeah. are ran, but yeah, in, in early 20th century, it would have been quite the scandal to find out that yeah. the wife is running the nation yeah. and it's his face being attached to the policy, but it's really her saying, this is how we're going I'm to do it. I'm surprised people didn't, you know, if they found out, they would throw a fit. But. Oh, yeah. And they probably figured since it was like basically just a little over a year into his president or left in his presidency that we really don't need to make a fuss. Yeah. So why make a fuss? It's <clears> working. Yeah. If it's not broken, yeah, and that's probably thought. Well, it's and that's probably what Congress thought and the cabinet thought. Like, look, yeah. this dude's only got like a year or so left. Let's just let it ride just out. Let it ride out. So, number seven, the CIA tested LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs on Americans. Now, this isn't a secret. Yeah. It's been well known for it's like the proven. last twenty years or so. There's been dudes on Joe Rogan that have talked about it. Yes. So. 
And we've actually talked about this project a little bit. Well, we've hinted at it. So it's part of a top-secret experiment on behavior modification called MKUltra. The CIA tested volunteers for a time. Eventually, they began testing people without their knowledge, let alone consent, and left many of the test subjects with permanent mental disabilities as a result of the testing. Now, I do want to point this out that the U.S. government as far as testing LSD and other, they were actually behind the times. Yeah. The British did it before them. Yeah. Um, they were testing LSD on soldiers in the field way before the government thought it was a good idea. Um, <clears throat> matter of fact, they stole the idea from the that British, really. like a great idea. Like, soldiers getting ready to go to battle, give them LSD. Yeah, they oh. were. Yeah. No, but it, it, it helps with PTSD, I mm. think, and shell shock, they used to call it. That's why they did it. Well, they were wanting to see if they could, uh, without, this is a such a broad brushstroke here, but they wanted to see if they could mess with people's heads yeah. and, you know, mess with their moods, mess with their abilities. And that's what. Program they, them. Yeah. Be able to program them or yeah, make them a super soldier. And we will definitely get an MK Ultra. It's um, interesting, dude. Yeah, and it really is. And the more, like, like I listen to some podcasts that have talked about MK Ultra a little bit and, um, and I got into it a little bit my own, and yeah. I'm like, this is a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. The Russians were doing the same thing, but they were taking it to a whole other level, too. Oh, yeah. They compared were, to the U.S. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that's what the Russians The did. Russians had, like, almost Nazi-esque testing that they were doing. Like the sleep to, experiment. Yeah. You ever hear about that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, crazy. The sleep experiment is, it's a fairly well-known one, but the details aren't as well-known, but... So this one I didn't know about until I did research on this, and this blew me away. The Dalai Lama was a CIA agent. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. This Dalai Lama? This Dalai Lama. Wow. Yeah. And this one, I, I guess, probably shouldn't be that big of a deal but when you think about it, but because of the fact he's a religious leader, it really blows people away. You know away. what's crazy? <clears throat> They're saying, well, it's a fact. This Dalai Lama is the last one we're going to have. Do you know why? Uh-huh. Because he is thought to, their belief is the Dalai Lama is the second coming of their God, right? Okay. Like he's holy. He has to be appointed to be Dalai Lama. Like right. The second in command, his job is to find the, the kid who is perfect, who is going to be the Dalai Lama. Well, the kid, the second in command, who is supposed to find the next one after this one, got abducted by the militia, his whole family and himself, and never appeared again, never got found or nothing. Oh, wow. So they can't just replace his position. So now he's not there to choose the next Dalai Lama, so it, it's just going to end here. This is it. What? That's nuts. Read about it, dude. It's oh, fascinating. That is crazy. It is fascinating. <clears throat> that is nuts. Yeah, and it, it's been around for so long, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're talking like a couple thousand years. Long time. At least. Yeah. So... This is crazy. According to declassified intelligence documents, in the 1960s, the CIA provided the Tibetan resistance with $1.7 million a year to take guerrilla operations against China. Now, yeah, I remember the 60s, this is during the Cold War. You know, we're in the height of, you know, suppressing communist yeah. expansionism. $1.7 million today, if you tried to pass that off to somebody for military operations, they would laugh in your face. Oh, like, yeah. 
that's going to last us like a month. Yeah. You know, right? But 1.7 in the 60s, I mean, you're talking a year. Hundreds of millions, probably. Oh, and this inc- that is and that is including an annual subsidy of $180,000 a year to the Dalai Lama. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been to this Dalai Lama. It would have been to the one previous. Yeah. I, I think. We're talking 100. Well, this one's like 90. He's been yes. around a long time. Yeah, so I guess this one, yeah. So, yeah. He, he, and he's been Dalai Lama since he was like. Pretty young, I think. So, yeah, then I guess it would be him. So, yeah, he was getting a pretty good paycheck, you know, to help lead the Tibetan resistance. Because, you know, China, China's goal since the communists took over (coughs) is to unify all of China. Yeah. That's why you got the stuff going on right now with Hong Kong. And they also want to take over, um, oh, what's that little island? uh, Well, basically, the Dalai Lama... If you look at it in biblical terms, Mm -hmm. the Dalai Lama is to his people what Moses is to the Jews. Right. Because they were being persecuted. China was trying to kill them all and wipe them out. What is it? Burma? Burmese? Something like that? No, no, that's totally... Whatever he is. I can't remember what his his country is. They're Tibetan. Tibetan, yeah. yeah. So he, you know, he's basically the Moses of them where he led them out and to safety and now they pretty much, they don't really worship him. He's just like the wise leader, right. kind of. He's not a god, you know. I, I don't think it's necessarily a religious thing as far as much as it is a cultural thing, you know. A lot of people confuse that. I think it is a religious thing because, I mean, well, it's like a Buddhist thing. They're I Buddhist, could, right. but, but he's not a, he's not a, he's not directed with Buddhist, Buddhism. He's not part of the religion. Okay. Because there's other Buddhists in the in the world that don't follow him. True. You know. Because because so. they because like yeah because they're like a sect they're like Tibetan monks. He's like the Pope. Right. He's like their Pope. Okay. I'll say that. So I I just think it's crazy though because like I mean I mean obviously the, the United States has a vested interest in stopping communist China. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're trying because they're trying to stop oh, yeah. all communism. And the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, the coronavirus. You got to stop that. That came from there, too. And the coronavirus. So, number nine. Cheap. All they do is just knock off iPads and the coronavirus. That's yeah. All, that's all they provide. Exactly. No. From Umbrella Corps. <laughs> right. So, this one's pretty well known. This one, I mean, anyone who's a Beatles fan pretty much knows this. The FBI spied on Beatles band member John Lennon. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, this isn't... Uh, a secret at all it hasn't been a secret um yeah. so the john lennon was an outspoken member of the beatles he was outspoken against the war in vietnam um and he's not even american yeah come over here and like outsp- outspoken and it's like you're not even from here dude yeah this is crazy so here's what happened so vocal advocate he was a vocal advocate against the vietnam war throughout the 60s and 70s and he was put under surveillance by the FBI in 1971. A year later, the Immigration Naturalization Service, which became ICE, attempted to deport him, but he was ultimately deemed to be too influenced by narcotics to act as an effective revolutionary. <laughs> they were definitely going after him, trying to find little reasons to get rid of him. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, they didn't want him here. and He was stirring up too much trouble right. in their eyes. Because, I, mean, I mean, the Beatles... We're big, dude. He awoke a whole generation. Yeah, you know. I mean, and well, and 
he had most, mad influence over them. Well, yeah, and the thing about it is most Beatles fans actually blame him for the breakup of the Beatles. Yeah, but he when did. he was with the Beatles, I mean, they influenced right hundreds of millions of people. Right. You know? And so, you know, the FBI wanted to keep tabs on him, and they're like, yeah. you know, because you know, he would go to interviews and talk about how bad Vietnam was and how it's an unwinnable war. And, I'm and not going to lie, though. Now, military, now militarily... On a strictly military level, uh, we were winning the war. Yeah, I mean, the there were like the North Vietnamese was like they would like generals admitted like you were kicking our butts in the battlefield, yeah. but you were losing the war at home. That's the thing we were we were winning the war, but just with overwhelming cost, basically well, of, of life and. Well, it, what it boiled down to is like I mean, I mean it pales a comparison to World War Two. Yeah, I mean. I mean, well, that was World War, though. But I mean, I'm just talking about our own losses. I mean, you right. know, you know, I'm not saying that the cost of life is cheap. It's not. But what I'm saying is, is like you look about American lives that were lost in World War II compared to what we were losing in Vietnam. I mean, yeah. it was a drop in the bucket. But you know, that's the thing is like, what really what boils down to when you talk about it politically is that America became tired of war. We just, you know, we fought World War II. Yeah. We just got out of Korea. And then after we got out of Korea, we get into Vietnam. And so the American people are tired of war. Yeah. And so that's where it starts being lost politically. And of course you get the hippie generation mixed in there and they're like, Oh, you guys are in there killing babies. Like, you know how war works. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, American troops going into villages and just like stabbing babies in the head, but you know, civilian loss of life, you know, while although unpleasant and not a true military aim does happen. It's happening. It's especially when you're going invading a country where they live in little huts right next to each other. Yeah, and it, and you literally have the VC, which is yeah. like the, the guerrilla element of the North Vietnamese army. Yeah, and they're dressed just like the villagers. It's hard to differentiate. And their military in the heat of bases are built in those villages anyway, so it's like you have a mixture of everything there. Yeah, you're not going to avoid it. It's literally no different than the fire bombings of like Dresden in World War II, yeah. where you know you have like, you know, you're going in to destroy an industrial target, and it spills over into a neighborhood. Mm -hmm that happens and and of course you know these hippies are like oh well we need to attack military targets and of course military leaders are like we agree yeah but unfortunately it's a jungle area it's not very industrialized it's hard to tell the difference and yeah. we're doing what we can now, not to say you didn't have rogue leaders in the american military structure which did in fact some of them there was actually one article i read here about a year and a half ago where there was a whole squad of americans on patrol and they went to a village and massacred like three quarters of the villages that does happen and and even the good guys you know the good side you do have bad people that go into the military yeah. and they do things like that even we are oswald yeah, I mean, look, I mean, World War II is not any different. There were rogue U.S. military soldiers and Marines yeah. and say they just would, wanted to be sadistic and kill people. No matter yeah, who I mean, they, they were like, oh, there was war, and I have an excuse to kill people. Well, Sign me up. There was a serial killer that went to the military and loved it because he got to shoot people. And I can't remember who it might have been Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, he loved it, dude. It's yeah. like a playground for them. Yeah, you know? I mean, and it happens, and that, and you know. You mean that, I get to torture and interrogate someone? I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, and it, that happens. It is a reality of war, and yeah. it, and war brings out the worst 
and people. Right. And especially when you have the worst people that sign up, you get the worst of the worst, and it becomes a, just a toxic uh, yeah. you know, combination. But I think that people need to understand that there's a political side of war, and then there's the military side of war. And in, you know, in the 60s, you started to see where the media starts play because now they're getting updated information all the time yeah. and at the most rapid pace possible at that point it's being reported and now and it's being spun you know so now you have the media putting their spin on stuff and then it wasn't gets, as bad as it is now with the media oh but, yeah without a doubt actually though it might have been because back then the media would report something you couldn't cross check it with another website or something that's true you would just have to take it at face value so it might have been worse Worse back then. Oh, without a doubt. There was no transparency at all. No, I mean, you could sit... I mean, you would have a guy like Walter Cronkite, which was, at the time, one of the most respected journalists, and he's literally saying on TV live to the people, the war in in Vietnam is unwinnable. Yeah. And you have, like, military leaders going, actually, we are winning. You know, if the government would actually just loosen the leash a little bit more, we could win this war in another six months. Yeah. If you would just do, let us do what we have to do. But, of course, he caused the panic, you know, to the masses. Oh, yeah, because, like, oh, now we can't win and our boys are dying for nothing. Exactly. Which is what happened in Iraq, too, by the way. But, except on a greater scale. All right, moving on. Canada developed, oh, my goodness. We, okay. No, you're going to love this. Okay. Canada developed a gaydar machine in the 1960s. Oh. Yeah. The gaydar. Oh. You know how you know, there's jokes, you know, oh, yeah, I picked him up with my gaydar. Apparently, whoa. You think he's gay? Apparently, it is a real thing. What's that out of boot? It's a gay, eh? It's out of boot. Yeah. That is so funny, a it's gaydar. It's a boot, the gaydar. So, apparently, the Canadian government was paranoid about sexual orientation. Why? I don't know. But they're paranoid. So they hired a university professor to develop a machine that detected orientation of federal employees. The resulting machine measured pupil dilation, perspiration, and pulse in response to same-sex pornography. I wish I was making this that up. That teacher or the professor, whoever just did it, who created it, totally scammed them out of their money. Oh, without a doubt. There's no way that's accurate. Yeah. And the thing that it is, it's like, yeah, this is in the 60s, so this has been a long time ago. Yeah, they just took his word for it. Yeah, yeah it works. I well, yeah, you can measure stuff, but I mean, I mean, if they're, I mean, but I mean, that's no different. I guess it'd be no different than like doing it now. That if you were to set someone in front of a TV and you had like a camera pointed at them as they watch that, I mean, they, they do research like this on the time about yeah. pornography. Matter of fact, just play porn of any type, people are going to be like, no, they're going to get a response. Yeah, but granted, people dilation. In response to pleasure, I mean that's a that's a measure that's that's a psychological biological fact. Yeah. But I don't know. Like anyway, how this machine detected, I don't know. But the, I got a gaydar right here. I'm pointing it at you. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the stud detector. <laughs> it's a stud detector. Oh. So those those tested were told that the machine's purpose was to rate their stress levels, but the truth was that the government wanted to remove its gay employees. The the fact that people actually believe that that was a real thing, though, that's even funnier. You know? Well, I know whether or not this worked or not, I don't know. But subsequently, more than 400 men were excluded or fired from civil service, the military, and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and more than 9,000 people were investigated. Oh, my God. Can you imagine getting fired for that? 
And you got to go home that night. Your wife is making peas and steak and mashed potatoes. Honey, how was your day? I got fired. Um, why'd you get fired? They used a gator on me, and apparently I'm gay, and I got fired for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm Explain that to your wife. It makes you wonder if they actually told them, hey, by the way, we fired you because you're gay, or we think you're gay, because we tested you. they did. Like, we tested this... We said, you know that test we gave you? Yeah. Well, it's actually gaydar, and you failed. What? And we complain about the workplace nowadays, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the super progressive Canadian government fired... Who they suspected to be gay. To be gay. So let's. So nine thousand people were investigated. Only four hundred were fired. That's actually not a bad percentage, I guess. Oh my gosh. It makes you think that it's probably not super successful, though. Oh, the human race is just the worst thing. Because let's think about this statistically. If you only fired four hundred out of nine thousand that were investigated. Yeah. I mean, it's still the, wrong either way, though. Right, but, but, <laughs> but that has to tell you that it didn't work. Because yeah. statistically speaking, a lot more of those people are gay. Yeah, that's, what, 120th roughly? Barely. So if you suspected all of them to be gay and 120th of them ended up being gay, your, your estimations were completely false. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. what do they say? Is it like one in six or something like I that? I don't know. There's a, like, there's a statistical appropriation there and i don't remember exactly what it is i don't know but it definitely does not match the canadians i can proudly say i've never cared enough to actually look into how many people are gay like i I really don't care i don't remember where that's the thing is i never looked it up intentionally it was like something i came across and i was like that seems like a high number my thing is if it doesn't affect me i don't care right (laughs) and i'm just like but to me the way i see it is it That gaydar definitely did not work. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it's homophobia. That's all it is because you're at work, and let's say the guy in the next cubicle to you is gay. It doesn't affect you, so why do you care if he has a job or not? It shouldn't affect you, right? you know? And if it does affect you, that means you're a homophobe. I mean, the only way that someone's homosexuality could affect me in the workplace is, A, if the dude's, like, blatantly harassing me at work. Yeah. B... I see him having his affairs like on the work floor, yeah, or in, like in the bathroom. But that's or the thing is, like, like, but that's not happening. They're normal humans, just like us. They're gonna have love lives and, and sex drives, just like us, right? You know, it, it's stupid. Like, I never would have like. <laughs> could you imagine like, uh, yeah, you failed the gaydar? What the yeah. what? We're in. This is a call center, and you want to install a dance floor next week? Like what? Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I can't. Strobe lights? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A boutique store? What's with the brassy polo? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. But it's like, I just, I, I, the whole, the whole premise of a gaydar though, like that, like that's some like, it's just homophobia. That is like a gay porn sci-fi mashup. Like, I can't imagine. I'm going to hit you with a gaydar. It's like, okay. (laughs) So could you, all right. So, Imagine this. Imagine this. I'm going to go out on a limb here. So there's a battle raging, right? There's a battle raging, and there's like 
you know, people are firing. There's like planes and helicopter stuff. All of a sudden, this big OB-52 comes raging over and drops the gay bomb. And then all of a sudden, there's like pheromones and glitter yeah. and everywhere. Glitter and all of a everywhere. sudden, there's like some guy. It's it's Ron Howard's brother. You know how Clint he... Howard? Yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he's back over at the control booth. And his gaydar's going off. And he's turning around. Oh and he's all God. fired up. And, he, and he's, you know... Like major and he, it's like the, a spidey sense. Yeah, I know. Our gaydar, look at all the blips. Yeah, and there's like different colors, so it looks like just like you know, like purple, blue, green, pink, red. Start shooting with the heart attack gun. Yeah, <laughs> guys, we just created the worst gay porn sci-fi movie involving oh Clint God. Howard in existence. I would watch that movie. <laughs> it sounds hilarious, dude. He's got fired from your silver it, service job. It sounds yeah in Canada. It sounds like something like in the, the 60s. South Park guys would write. It you know? does. Yeah. Gator the movie. <laughs> Dude, like that is like that is the most terrible. I mean, I would World wa- War Gay. <laughs> I would watch it just to say I did. Yeah. Just see how goofy it is. You wanna know something really crazy? Until though? the dongs arrive. This is even crazy. What? The world used to think like that. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean it's insane. Could you imagine like It's I, insanity. Because you yeah, I mean, the gaydar and the gay bomb. It's complete insanity. The thing about it is the gaydar predated the gay bomb. Yeah. By yeah. like 40 years. What the heck, man? Chicken or the egg situation here. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because the gaydar was developed by Canada in the 60s. The gay bomb was developed by the United States in 1994. You know what? Another, it's not really conspiracy, but another interesting thing, the Pray the Gayway camps where... You know, they would ship people off and do the whole religious thing. But every once in a while, one of the ministers or whatever would get caught in gay gangbangs and stuff. Yeah. You know, always would get caught with something like that or caught with a gay prostitute or something. Makes you wonder if it was more like. It's homophobia. Well, and you're like, I hope it's not in me. I hope I'm. So I'm going to fight back even harder to prove that I'm not gay. Well. And then it comes out later. Well, 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 my thing is, I want my, part of you makes part of it makes you wonder, like when these when they do these camps, mm-hmm. if it's not just like a secret plot to, to be get, able to be around that, right? Yeah, but they would have people there, like these gay boys would come, their moms would ship them off, and they would torture them. They yeah. would waterboard them. They would whip them and beat them. Oh, it's it's sadomasochistic, you know. But oh, without a doubt. but at the same time, it's like you do wonder, did they enjoy it? You know, I don't know. This kind of border around the border. It is sadism. But there's been multiple times though where those ministers have been caught doing the act themselves. Yeah. So, and you never hear of them again after that. Well, no, they're because right? they're taken to prison. Yeah, or they kill themselves or something. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. So my plan. And the reason why we did this, and what we said at the beginning, is to use it as a as a springboard into doing more conspiracy episodes. Yeah. And there's a couple of these that I'm going to do more in depth research on. Like the heart attack gun is a big one. We don't want to do a full episode on the Gator. I feel like that would run pretty thin. Oh, it fast. would. I mean, like probably like a whole 15 minute episode. Yeah. The bomb I mean, would be kind of stupid. I mean, it'd be like a fun little like 15 minute mini so maybe. Yeah. But. It's more. I mean, yeah. It sucks that people thought like this. But at the same time, it's more fun and funny to discuss than it is, you know, substantial. Well, yeah. I feel like. Well, without a doubt. Yeah. I think, like, we're definitely going to talk about MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. Some, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they weren't talked about more, but like Project Paperclip. 
Uh, we'll end up doing an episode on that one. Probably that might end up being a two-parter, honestly, because it's pretty yeah. involved. But, MK Ultra is vast. Yes, too. like there's a lot. Like um, it happened all over the world. Uh, Project Blue Book, Pro- MK Ultra, you know, Paperclip. Those are three real big Massive, ones yeah. that would be multi-parters, and right. they would have to be if we're going to cover them. And and we do want to cover those because they are number one. All three are true. Yeah. Um, and number two. They're interesting. Uh, MK Ultra, you know, mind control and all that, and population control, you know, controlling the masses, controlling the media, all that stuff. Then you got uh, Project Paperclip and Blue Book, which are a little bit more. They, I don't, they're, that's like the marrying of like the paranormal, supernatural, and conspiracy. Now, are you wanting to do conspiracy theories that are proven true? Well, not all of them. Because like, Tower Seven would be interesting. Well, they don't have to be you know? proven true. I mean, but I mean that's because I mean that takes the fun out of it. Yeah. But I mean, what ifs are always fun. Well, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing is like, this, like, all right, like we've talked about this before on the podcast, like, because right, we do supernatural, paranormal. Like yeah. we've talked about cryptids, we've talked about hauntings. There are people in the cryptid camp who think that ghosts are bunk. Yeah. There are people in the ghost camp that think that cryptids are bunk. You know, because you got people that believe that. You know, Sally haunts the house down the road, but thinks that Bigfoot is a hoax. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, but our goal is to bring all esoteria together. Yeah. And to consider every option. Right. Because even if, like, I personally don't believe in something, does not mean I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not fun either. Right. I don't believe that Godzilla exists. But I love the movies. <laughs> right. Right. My goal is like, okay, like when we do the podcast, I'm not going to personally say, by the way, Noah, I don't believe that this is real, but we're going to talk about because yeah. it takes, takes it out of it. Right. And it might alienate that portion of our listener base. Yeah. We're going to talk about whatever and just because we can and yeah. it's fun. I might personally not believe in something. It does not mean that I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It takes the fun out of it. You know? Just like a good debater, I mean, he's going to sit. I mean, if you have a person that's a, like, all right, let's say that they're on the debate team at college and they're given a t- chosen topic and you have to be, you know, the antagonist, mm-hmm. you know, he may not personally believe in that side, but he's got to argue the point to win. Yeah. That's kind of like what we do here. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I do and don't believe in because um, that, again, that takes fun out of it. But, and it's going to take the wind out of my sails when we do talk about that I topic. I don't believe. In an in sync reunion tour, <laughs> I don't believe in it. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat, actually. No, but really, like there are things. There are certain conspiracies that just make sense, mm-hmm. you know. And there are some that are so far fetched, but they're actually true. Right. Like. Right. Like. Are, like it's just like okay, we've I think we hinted on it at one point. Um, like it was like the Navy thing when they when the Navy pilots spotted the UFOs yeah. and someone leaked the footage. The Navy comes out and they go, uh, "That wasn't supposed to get released." Now they never said because it's been the government's yeah. policy for the last decade. They're not going to sit and argue that the UFO doesn't exist. Yeah. They're just going to sit and say that it's supposed to be released. Yeah. And then they're going to say, well, they're going to go, well, what is it? Well, they're not going to answer that. Yeah. 
they basically just said you shouldn't have seen that. Yep, that doesn't that wasn't for your purview. Yeah. Okay, fine. And they're going, well, what was it? Well, I got to go other do other stuff. Yeah, they're going to go, well, it was a UFO. Well, okay, but what does that mean? Because that's such a broad stroke. Yeah. Well, it could be, hey, it's craft that we've been developing. We don't want yeah. you to see yet. It could be it a could new be, model of a drone that nobody's seen. Or you know. it could be extraterrestrial. Or a light. Yeah, it could be anything and anything. Yeah. And they're going, well, yep, it was a UFO. And, it's, and that makes people, <gasps> and then they go. And then the, and the government's like, gotcha, because now you're going to speculate and we're going to sit yeah. back and watch the, watch the show. It could be a meteorite, you know, but I, nobody knows what it is. I do think since the government has changed its policy about going, it's not extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. and now they don't argue, I, do, I personally think that they've, I know we're going on a tangent, I personally think that the government is gearing up towards letting us know, letting us know that yeah. that. Hey, guess what? There's they're geared stuff. up towards coming out of the closet, right? That's right. What, They've been hiding it for so long. Yeah. What do they call it? Disclosure. They call it UFO disclosure. I think is the yeah. definition that's been given to us. I mean, I understand why. They've been hiding it for so long because look at how we react. We're a bunch of dumb morons, right? I, Humans are, and we would we would just widespread panic. And you know, and the thing is, people think it's silly that the government takes takes such things so seriously, mm-hmm. but they have to because it's a threat to security. Yeah, and, it would be just residential chaos everywhere too. Right. So, like, whenever so, someone's like, "I saw a bright light in the sky," and all of a sudden, you know, you got the Air Force investigating or FBI, you know, and yeah. you know CIA, and they're investigating it, and they're like, "Well, that's nuts! Why would you send all that for something you don't believe in?" It's like, even if they don't believe in the fact that it might be extraterrestrial, they might believe that it's another country yeah. in their airspace, and that's something we're checking out. Yeah, we don't want people to know that you know we let our defenses down enough for them to fly over us. Yeah, like, because if they good. think it's like Russia that's developed some kind of craft yeah. that's managed to dodge the radars... That's going to be just as bad as aliens. <laughs> every bit, because yeah. that's closer to hand than anything from Alpha Centauri. I'm or guessing, the- though, it is aliens. And they are just gearing up to be able to tell us. Oh, that's what I think. I think that's what it is. Because if it was something like a Russian ship or something like that, I feel like the media would have told us. Somebody would have leaked it. Somebody would have. Oh, yeah, because there would have been like some Russian going, yeah. oh, yeah, that was ours. Yeah, Putin himself ours. would be like, I flew over your defenses and you can do nothing. Yeah. You know? Keeps my Russian high. Yeah, exactly. He would brag about it. Yeah, so. he would. I mean, because yeah. he's pretty braggadocious. Yeah. But, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's my thing. It's like, I, I think it's what. It, it really is, but and that's what we're gearing up towards, guys. Ourselves is that here in the Premier Giant Studio is that we're trying to, you know, we want to do a you know a ghost episode a month. We want to do a conspiracy episode a month. Like we're going to get into a cycle where you guys know that hey, this week we're doing this. This week, and there might be some weeks we're dark. That's just the nature of it. We yeah, both have full time jobs and we both have families and stuff. We're there might be a week where you know, we're, we're just mysterious and esoteric because the topics sexy. we talk about. We're both sexy, mysterious people. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I like if you know a, of any conspiracies that you enjoy, let us know. Yeah, because we are always, I mean, that's the thing. We always like feedback from you all yeah. and, you know, be more involved. That's why we have the Facebook page. And, I'm hope and and like I said, that's kind of my fault. I we you know I kind of put myself where I would be more of the 
the media manager, I guess, of the Facebook, and I've really but dropped the ball. But you shouldn't have to check Facebook for new episodes because if you are subscribed using one of the players, you will automatically see it pop up when it gets uploaded. Yes, so it's not all my fault. It's not all on Facebook. It's not all my fault. Make sure to subscribe to one of our on, on our. We're on every app at this point. So are we on Hyatt Radio now? I've, I'm not I searched. I don't know. I don't have the app. We might be. <laughs> I have not searched. Yeah. So search. We're on I'll Spotify, search too. and that's yeah. getting really popular. Yeah. So. Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google iTunes. iTunes. Yep. We're there. So yep. literally all the major ones, except for maybe our radio. Pocket Cast is yeah. another one. Yeah, we're there. So there's no excuse. So yep. stop making excuses. Stop making excuses and do it. And if there's something you want to see us improve on, let us know. Like we're open to criticism. I mean, Noah's not. He tends to throw things, but but let us know, and we want to because we want to get better. So let us know. I go. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know it's not like a big in depth one, but we're again, it's a springboard to launch like the, the, the conspiracy genre. So I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. See you at another time.